Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 290, recorded live on Sunday, January 13th, 2013, and here are your hosts, the man who seems to have paid attention to CES, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the guy who didn't, Andy Lohi. And that's going to show a little bit today. <laughs> So generally what happens when Andy and I go to record is we wake up, we, uh, Andy gets there first because he's an hour ahead and starts putting topics on. I'm not only an hour ahead, I get up even just, if you're in the same yeah, time yeah, zone. Yeah, 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 you get up earlier than I do. Yeah. I was trying to give myself a way out. Damn. <laughs> I wasn't letting you get out of this one. Yeah. Uh, so this week... I, I was watching the news come in. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. And I actually just took the time and posted them. And so Andy gets up this morning and goes to start posting topics. And they're already there. What? Topics? A lot of them. I didn't uh, know what to do. So I Andy posted more topics. <laughs> more topics. Great. Because, yeah. Thanks, Andy. No problem, Bob. So not going to be able to get through all of these today. Eh. We normally don't get through all of them. Well, sometimes we get through all of them. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do. So, how was your week, Andy? Um, well, I've been working uh, almost every single day since New Year's. Okay. Delivering the mail. Like, including the week? Well, yes, because you typically work on the weekend. Yeah. I got Wednesday off. And, well, and Sunday off. Okay. So you've had two days in the last 14. Yep. And I have today off, and then I work Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Luckily, most of those days were on the auxiliary route, because there's a town north of Plainwell, which is also, Plainwell itself is small. Middle of nowhere. Yeah, let me just see what the population stats are. Um, population is under 4,000. Tiny town. Plainwell. Yeah. Well, there's another even smaller town just north of Plainwell called Merton. And no, I don't care about Martin the TV series. Martin, Michigan, 410 is their population. That is a tinier town. Yes. So Martin had a post office, which got shut down because... It was only serving 410 people. Yes. Okay. So their mail got moved down to the Plainville office because we're the next closest office. So I would drive up to Martin and deliver their small bits of mail and then just come back. It's normally like a half day. So most of my days have been half days, which has been nice. But still, it's... So... Last weekend, yes. Last Friday, yes. Uh, I worked for a half day. Okay. Then I had a half day bereavement leave. Gotcha. We drove to Milwaukee. Yes. Where my dad was visiting my grandmother. We left my car in Milwaukee, and my dad drove us back to Ann Arbor. Yes. We stayed the night in Ann Arbor. We drove yes. up to Lansing in the morning for a funeral. We drove back down to Ann Arbor. Caught the Megabus from Ann Arbor to Chicago, transferred to the Megabus from Chicago to Ma- to Milwaukee, and then drove from Milwaukee to Madison. That sort of sounds like what I... Well, not what I did with the... I took a train and then drove back, but... Yeah. We traveled approximately 900 miles in about 35 hours. You see, when people say that, I in my head, I do the calculations for the CCST, mm-hmm. and we're just like, oh. Well, the CCST, we did about 2,000 miles in about, what was it, it was like 2,800 miles in 32 hours? Something like, well, I think it was 52 hours to get out there, and... It was 32 to get back. Yes. I remember that because we each did a 10-hour shift, yep. and then I had to do the last two hours. Because that got me, I uh, got us back to Kalamazoo, and then you yep. and Bry. Yep. And then I promptly walked in, I said, hello, I'm home. Home, put my suitcase down, walked up to my bed, and fell asleep. Yep. 
That's that's what the CCST is. You show up and you're you're done for a bit. Yep. 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 So wow, so, yeah, I've was, been working yeah. all week, and so um, I didn't pay attention to CES. Oh no, at all. I mean, typically we don't, right? No. It's CES. We don't care. There was actually some good stuff that came out this year. That is it was, true. It was, you know, usually CES is like bigger, better TV. Okay. <laughs> what else? Um, um, a bigger TV. Okay. <laughs> right? Well, now. All the cool stuff is at E3 or it's at the, the uh, mobile conferences or, nope, CES had some good stuff this year. Granted, it still had the bigger TVs. Yeah, bigger, better TVs. How many 4K TVs were there at CES, Andy? Oh, probably at least a couple handfuls. Okay. What's your problem with 4K? Oh, did you see my problems with 4K link? I, I see a link. I have not opened it, but I see it titled Problems with 4K. All right. 4K resolution, considered ultra high definition, um, in its raw format, has a bit rate of about 600 megabytes a second. That can't be right. In its raw format, in order to display an uncompressed 4K footage, you need a hard drive speed of 600 megabytes a second. Dave, what is your current... Uh, do you even know what your uh, read speed for your magnetic hard drive is? Not offhand. Mine is about 7.2 megabytes a second Okay. on this laptop drive. Solid-state drives can get somewhere in the 500 megabytes a second range, yep. but that's still not fast enough. So we need not only bigger hard drives to contain the petabyte videos, yeah. but the transfer speed needs to be bumped up. Yes. Oh, you know what? Actually, my hard drives, uh, well, no, I mean, it's still got to be in the, the like, double-digit megabyte range per second because mm-hmm. I have them rated. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that you know, if you get five solid-state hard drives at all uh, on a rate five all at 150 megabytes per second, there you go. Yeah, okay, so SATA 2 speed maxes out at 300 megabytes a second. Okay. So, yeah, your laptop... Yeah, so you get, like, three or four uh, solid-state drives on a SATA 2 rated together, and you're good. <laughs> How much is that going to cost you? A lot. <laughs> Not as much as the TV. <laughs> no. There was, um, I, it was kind of funny because everybody was showing off their new 4K televisions. With compressed images. Well, n- not only that, I'll get to that, but the fact was that nobody was giving a price. Really? Sony was it? I think LG was the only company that actually gave a price for one of their 4K televisions. You know, you know how much it was? $5,000. Higher. $12,000. Bingo. Hey, not bad. Second guess. But twelve grand for a TV. For a TV. Yep. Well, Andy, how much was a 1080p when it first came out? True. It was in the thousand dollar range, probably two thousand dollar range. Oh, Andy, Andy, when it was first displayed. Okay, yeah. When it first displayed, fifty. We probably were in the forty inch range when they first came out with the 1080. So you're probably in the seven thousand, eight thousand dollar right. range. Right. Which is, you know, once you're up to eight thousand dollars, twelve thousand, it's only half again as much. That's really not that big a jump. <laughs> It's only four grand, you know. You're also looking at inflation. So, you know, it's, I, the price does not surprise me. It'll come down over time. Okay, so yeah, the, the price right now is over the hill. Yeah, but it's, it's, it'll come down. The real point is that no one needs this. Holy crap. Well, the closest that we're going to get right now is 
through Red. Red's the company that um, makes cameras. Right. The stuff that Peter Jackson used to film The Hobbit in 48 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Side note, Kate also pointed out to me that Smokey the Bear also wears pants. Yes. So the question is, how did he get those pants? That would be the more concerning question rather and than how did he get the hat. used as hell by this non-sequitur, go listen to last week's episode. Oh, Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bar. So 4K, problems. Yeah. Okay. okay, so the so price was, is one right now. Oh, so there's more. The compression's the other one. Yeah. And even if you can get it compressed down there, most people would need about a 20 megabit a second connection in order to stream the compressed 4K yes. images. But the TVs have always been ahead of the technology. True. So, you know, give it a little while to catch up and give it a little while to catch on. Like, you know, 3D television did? Yeah, well, that's... But seriously, go look at how many years it took between, hey, look what we can do. We have 1080p resolution and it becoming mainstream. Well, then, okay, so even if you get a 4K television, your only options would be You're not going to be able to view 4K stuff yet. Well, not even that, but the, the, the TV stations right now don't have enough bandwidth allocated to broadcast a 4K resolution. Right. So now you're going to have to talk to the FCC to try and allocate more bandwidth to the TV stations, which you know Verizon and AT&T and every wireless carrier is going to go, whoa, what do you think you guys are doing? We need the bandwidth, well, like they always do. You know, Verizon and, and a couple others are also doing TV. True. It's the 4 4K is, it's neat. It makes a good headline on television because you can go, ooh, look at this TV. It has 4,000 lines of resolution. Ooh, it's a TV news story. But beyond that, it's it's a pipe dream. I'm just waiting for 4K computer monitors. Oh, you, they probably have some. And games that will support that. <laughs> well, okay, there's your problem. <laughs> it can be compressed. That's fine. Think about Shark it, Andy. showing off a if, 4K monitor. If LG has a 30-inch 4K monitor. Andy, if it's compressed to half, it's still 2K. It's still more than the lines of resolution I have on my monitors nowadays. True. So, okay. So that was one thing. That That's yes. the bigger, better TVs out of CES. Yes. So the other stuff that has come out of CES this year. Mobile tablets. Mobile tablets. Wait, Andy, all tablets are mobile. Okay, so tablets. Tablets. Gaming tablets. Razer announced that they were uh, going to start producing a gaming-focused tablet. Really? Yes. So, yes, tablets. Also, many other things that have to do with games. It's because so, mobile gaming is now the future. So NVIDIA came out with two different things at CES. They made two very large announcements. Side note, you spelled NVIDIA two different ways. Well, I spelled them the same way. I just capitalized them two different ways. Okay. So there's the NVIDIA Grid okay. and the NVIDIA Shield. What is the Grid? Well, the Grid is kind of an NVIDIA supercomputer. <laughs> Is that a server rack that is tall as that guy? That server rack is indeed as tall as that guy. <laughs> That's probably a lot of GPUs. Yeah. The one tower, it says the, the article claims that one tower has uh, the equivalent of 700 Xbox 360s. Oh, jeez. 
So the idea of this is that NVIDIA wants to start streaming games. Oh, so instead of... So it's like OnLive. Yeah, but whereas OnLive had to either purchase or rent the various components, this is NVIDIA. They are a chip manufacturer. A they, chip manufacturer it, who wants to get into video game production? Well, no, not production, distribution. Distribution, yeah. Okay. You're going to find out shortly that a lot of people in the video game industry are starting to expand their roles. So NVIDIA is a video card producer, uh, producer, right? They make the chips for the video cards, and now they want to get into distribution. Huh. Now, this seems a little weird. Granted, you, you always had those, uh, you had video games where they were like, hey. Works with NVIDIA. Yeah. And those things were like, you buy a graphics card and you get a video game free. Yep. This, though, seems a little overkill. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, this is just, Why? <laughs> They probably had a lot of hardware, and they're like, well, what can we do? Yeah, well, so this is interesting because it puts them in the same market as Steam, hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, Steam is primarily video game distribution. So is Origin, and look how well that's working. Well, granted, the, the Origin is gaining. It's doing fine. It's, it's gaining market share. Yeah, they're, they're doing okay. So that's Grid Shield. Have you heard of Moga? M O G A. No. Mobile gaming. Like Moga, a Game Boy. Like actually, very close. Uh, what it is is that it took uh, uh, basically a game controller and snapped a clip to it, and it's a Bluetooth controller. And the idea is you put your phone in the clip. And now your phone is actually a gamepad. Hmm. Well, NVIDIA took that and kind of removed the phone part. And so they came out with Project Shield. And Project Shield is a gamepad with its own display running Android. So it, they, they took the phone, removed all the phone bits, put beefed up gaming bits inside, made it look like a controller, and then attached a small screen to it. Yep. Hmm. With their brand new Tigra 4 chip. To me, this looks bulky. Yeah, I, I think I, if, if this really does come to market, I may wait for a slimmer version. Because that's the, that's the thing with the portable gaming device is... You want it to be portable. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the thing. Even with Kate's new phone, side note, she got the uh, Samsung Galaxy SQ. SQ? The, yeah, it's the Galaxy S with a QWERTY keyboard. Cool. Um, but I've been noticing that, especially with her girl pants, side note, because we're guys, we don't have to worry about this, but it seems girls' pants have no pockets. Oh, they have pockets that are just significantly smaller pockets. Yes. And so trying to put the phone in the pockets. Yeah, Laura, actually, that was one of the tests that Laura did with the Galaxy S3 before purchasing it, the pocket test of, can I put this in my pocket? Even though she can fit it in her pocket, it does tend to reset while it's in her pocket. Mm. Whereas I have no issues. I can actually kind of turn my phone around in the pocket. Yeah. But this, this Project Shield, this is not a pocket device. No, no this is definitely not a pocket device, which this I think is, is a serious no way to strike against pocket. it. Well, I'm, you know, what's it designed for? It isn't designed for your pocket. It is clearly designed to get tossed into a backpack. But who, who, so it's a college kid's thing, because I know I don't carry a backpack ever. No. Yeah, this is for this is probably targeted to high school and college. Unless you're traveling, I guess. If you're traveling, you carry a backpack. Yeah, if I'm traveling, I carry a laptop. Right. So, well, but this makes it easier and you don't need the laptop to game on. No. It's it seems like a neat idea, but it seems its execution 
in the real world is not well thought. Well, so the MOGA is the same thing, though. I mean, the phone part will fit in your pocket. The controller won't. True. So there's clearly a market for it, just not us. No. I enjoy the fact that the center buttons are Android buttons. (laughs) Now, the weird thing is, I mean, this is taking touch-based games and using a controller with them, right? Most Android games are developed for touch base. Yeah. Well, this is not necessarily... I don't know if this is a touch screen or not. I don't think it is. Why would you have a touchscreen if you have a whole controller? Because the games are designed for a touchscreen. They, they have to be talking to some developer to make a game that's not yep. touchscreen. Otherwise, this would turn into a great Xbox emulator. I think they're talking about ways of um, 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 converting touch games into controller games. Miracast in, is already installed. Wow. HDMI out. <laughs> See, that's what everybody needs now is an HDMI out. Yep, yep. So that's kind of cool. That's, uh, you know, NVIDIA's clearly kind of doing a lot of gaming focusing, right? They're looking at getting into these markets of distribution, of consoles, and at every point are probably going to have to compete with not only the established market, but Valve. Oh, Steambox. The oft-rumored, oft-denied, saying, no, we don't have any plans for hardware. Yeah, no one ever believes Valve when they say we don't have any plans for something. Unless they talk about Half-Life 3. They have, Andy, we have a standing bet on that, so shush. What, wait, we have a standing bet on Half-Life 3? Yeah, that uh, Half-Life 3 will be released on Source 2. Oh. You don't remember this? No, no, I don't. This is why we need to write have, these things down. I, it's written down right here on oh. November 18th, 2012. Source 2, Half-Life, okay. Said that Source 2 will be released, or that Half-Life 3 will be released on Source 2. And in likelihood, they will be released together. It will be, hey, guess what? Here's Source 2. And to show it off, here's Half-Life 3. We also concluded that Half-Life 3 and Half-Life 2 Episode 3 would be considered the same thing. So there. Okay. So Steambox. There's actually two flavors of the Steambox right now. There's the Valve Piston, which, ah, ha, ha, how funny and clever, Valve, well done. Steam, and oh, a Steam Piston. Valve Piston, you know, that's, so, ah, ha, ha. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, kind of Valve working with other hardware developers. Yeah, this is done by uh, X13 or XI3 or whatever they're really expensive PC manufacturer is called. Yep, for a really, really teeny little PC that's supposed to be super, super powerful and evidently can get run over by a truck. Well, let's see. The, the, their other... I think they based it off of what, the, one of their other PCs, which um, has a quad-core 64-bit x86-based processor, 8 gigabytes of DDR3 RAM. Terabyte of hard disk space. Supports up to three displays and a resolution of 4096 to 2160. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 2K resolution. All yours for a thousand bucks. It's actually not bad for all of that. No. For the amount of hardware that you get, the amount of high-class hardware that you get, for a thousand bucks isn't that bad. Granted, I'm never going to spend that much for a computer. Mm. So that's the piston. It's this teeny little box. And then there's the as-yet-unnamed Valve Steam Box. The one that was in their private booth on CES's floor. Yeah. And this is uh, kind of Gabe Newell gave in a tell-all interview about here's what we've got, here's what we're working on, here's what we want it to do. And it's pretty clear that this is targeting Microsoft and Sony. But it's coming. Yeah. Um, they, they say potentially it will be... So it will be Linux, which 
Check mark for Dave. Thank you. Uh, it's going to come in different kind of levels of power. So there could be a piston. There could be a. Well, I, I'm I'm still pretty sure piston is on a separate product line. Oh, so Valve probably went to XI three and said, "Hey, if we started doing hardware, what do you think that we would do? Something like that." I think Valve said, "Hey, let's get something out there right now, more or less, to test the water." And that's the the piston, the XI three, where they talked with another manufacturing company and said, "Let's get this taken care of." Uh, and then the Steambox is Valve's own hardware division, which is still very new, but saying we're just going to build this ourselves. Okay. What do you think about all this? It's not unexpected. We know this. No, no, no. It's not unexpected, but a lot of the choices aren't unexpected, right? I said they're going to use Linux. That's why they've ported Steam to Linux. That's why they're working on making sure all the games are ported to Linux. And the ones that aren't, well, there's Wine, which is what Andy said. Or their own version of Wine. Since are, Would they be allowed to use Wine or no? I mean, Wine's open source, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but are you allowed to use open source for a, to earn money? Um, I don't know. They wouldn't be earning money with Wine. They wouldn't sell Wine. True. Wine would just be free. And all that gets into a whole thing of open yep. source, for profit. Yep. But it, it is a PC. It will sit in your living room and be powered and, and run and be connected to your TV. It seems weird to actually think of the Xbox versus Valve. So yeah. what the Xbox is doing now. It's basically going to be... Steam. Steam. Well, we can't say that just yet. No. Right. Have to wait for we, we need E3 Durango. E3. Only like 150 days to go. Well, it's Major Nelson's blog has got his countdown going. Yep. They're so announcing the next Xbox at E3. Yeah. Really hope that they don't call the Xbox 720. Yep. So, you know, other things, Steambox is a server, uh, so it's going to be on multiple monitors in the household. Yeah, interesting stuff. There's a really nice interview with Gabe Newell. It's posted. It is our link. Oh, the first one, the Steambox link? Yep, Valve Steambox. The one above Valve's piston. Okay. So, what else came out at E3? Ford! CES. Ford had a thing at CES. Of all companies... I know Toyota had a thing at CES. What was Toyota's thing at CES? I think they were releasing some prototype of a self-driving car. Okay, no one cares. (laughs) That's not going anywhere anytime soon. However, uh, Ford has kind of opened up their platform for Ford Sync. So you could download apps for your car? You can program apps for your car. Well, those of us who know how to program. Yeah. Yep. So, yes, you will be able to download apps for the car. But it's it's more of like apps will be able to link with your, your Ford. This makes me a little worried. Granted, like the same worry I had for being able to hack an ODB2 port on your mm-hmm. car to control it. How I much mean, integration with say, the actual driving? I expect it's not with the, in, the actual driving, just with the media center. Okay. And I'm not as scared. I mean, looking at what they've got, Amazon Cloud Player, Rhapsody. Yeah, it's the Ford Sync. It's like what it uses to talk to the iPod. Okay. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's just when you start affecting... The driving. The driving, then... (laughs) So (laughs) I can write an app for my car. I can create my own self-driving car. (laughs) 
Well, you could just talk to Audi and Toyota. Yep. Audi also had a self-driving car at CES. Good for Audi. Good for Toyota. Samsung was at CES. Samsung released an 8-core mobile processor. Wait, mobile processor? Mobile processor. How much power is this 8-core mobile processor using? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure I want to know. Like, is it going to... Will it last all of, like, 10 minutes? Or is this, you know, 8-core efficiency and it'll last for a couple hours or... God forbid, a couple days. It's expected to run dual quad-core setups. Okay. So it's almost like the, uh, well, I was going to say sort of like the PS3 chip because it had... No, the PS3 chip had six cores uh, with one being like a primary director core. Okay, so this one is just basically a dual quad-core. Yeah. So it's a dual core. With quad-cores for each. Okay. I'm still just when you hear that many processors on a mobile device, you're like, hmm, that that's, that sounds as mobile as like an Alienware gaming laptop. Or yes, it could be a portable laptop for about 20 minutes, and then you got to plug it back in. Um, my Alienware, I mean, if if I'm using it as a gaming laptop, lasts about two hours. Oh. If I'm using it as just like whatever, it can last between five and six hours. Hmm. My laptop lasts an hour and a half. Yeah. I really need to get a new battery. I need to get a double cell battery for this. Mm-hmm. But then I don't really take it. I'll just take a double cell and leave it in my laptop bag. Granted, you're not supposed to leave lap batteries. Just laying around? Yeah. Nope. You're also not supposed to completely discharge and then rip them. I didn't do it. Plus, there's something in the BIOS that stops me from doing it. Good. I'm not sure what it is, though, but it, yeah, it stops me. When I get down to 20%, it shuts it off. And currently, my battery in the AC is fully charged, but it's at 91.8%. Good. That's what you want. <laughs> I know. But it's a little annoying. If, if you're going to cut me between 20% and 90%, you're you need to adjust your scale. Yep. So I know that 20% is actually zero, and 91.8% is actually, actually 100. 100. <laughs> yep. Because if I'm sitting there going, oh, yeah, I got 21% battery life. I got time for the... <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, that's a little annoying. And Gadget is calling 2013 the year that Valve attacks. I don't know. It's going to be... <laughs> if they can... So, I mean, at this point, they've beaten Microsoft and Sony to the announcement. If they can beat them to market, if they sell it for a loss and make it cheap and affordable, they'll cream them. They'll wipe the floor with them. It it seems like they're cutting it close, though, because it's like, oh, yeah, Valve's arming up. Well, yeah, you're arming up the same time everybody else is arming up. Yep. Thinking, oh, this is the time to attack. No, no, it's not. No, it it is. If they can get it in before the 360s. Before the E3. No, 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 no. They don't need to get it to market before E3. They have to kind of give more details at E3. Yeah. And they have to beat them to market. They have to have a presence at E3. Yep. Because otherwise, the news cycle is just going to be new console hardware. Yep. And it's going to be like that until Christmas. But you know what? What? Between now and E3, the news cycle is Valve. True. So we have a fridge. Yeah, you remember the fridge that we always talk about? The one that Kate says she'll screw up if we ever get. Well, Samsung has announced that they have a fridge that is getting much... It's not the fridge that we talked about, but it's getting close. Okay. It has Evernote built in. What's Evernote? Evernote is the note-taking software. 
Oh. The, like, free form, you can write whatever, however, and track over time. Oh. So it's a networked fridge. I can put on, like, a, a shopping list on Evernote. And yeah, then I, it'll be displayed I, on the fridge. I can just be like, oh, I need to add this to it. And then look it up on my phone later when I'm going shopping. Or, oh, you know, what recipes can I make? Well, let me go to my recipe book that's on my fucking fridge. Okay, so what happens when the power goes out? Oh, I, I, Andy, if the power goes out, you have other problems with your fridge. <laughs> no, you just keep it closed for a couple of days. And then after that, then you have to throw everything out. Right. I, like, I fail to see what additional problems you'd have with the power going out. Well, I'm just saying, if you're trying to cook something with the no power, you could still, you know, cook something. Andy, if you have no power, <laughs> your stove, unless you have a gas stove, will not work. True. Nor will your microwave, nor will your oven. You will not be doing much cooking without any power. You could do some grilling. You could do grilling. Got a 10-inch touchscreen panel on a refrigerator. It's the way of the future. Everything in your house is going to be networked. (sighs) And how much of that network is actually going to talk to the internet and burn up whatever your tiny little bandwidth cap your ISP is giving? I don't know. That's what I see. see There's a huge dichotomy going on right now. So, Andy, here's the solution then. What? We need to sell home servers. So instead of all of these things talking to some nebulous server on the cloud, they just all talk to the home server. So it's the home of the future. Yeah. That's been done to death. Yes, except that now we actually have the technology to do it properly. Oh, everybody always says we have technology to do it properly. Yeah, and now we actually do. (laughs) Do you deny that? No, but it's the fact that it's been done before. That's the problem. Okay, that it's not innovative enough? Or the fact that, okay, so it's the fact that diesel engines are now finally, especially since the Detroit Auto Show is coming up um, next week, that diesel engines are finally, you know, kind of gaining some traction here in the United States. Yeah. The reason it, they didn't have as much traction, especially as over in Europe, is the fact that GM came out with a gasoline engine that they tried to convert to run on diesel, and it didn't work. And so everybody in the United States is like, ooh, I don't think I'm going to touch that. And so it, that was the problem. It was done poorly in the past. And it screwed everything up for years in the future. Okay. And that's what we're doing with the house of the future is it was done poorly in the past and it has tainted all future it's an houses of the future. Process. It's going to be trial and error and there's gonna be failures. And if you can't accept that, if you can't take that and move on, you don't belong in the future. <laughs> Well, then a majority of the public does not belong in the future, which is I'm not true. arguing against no, that. that's <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a point there. Thank you. Okay, so what else have we got? Redbox Instant. Redbox is starting to attack Netflix and at all, I suppose. Blockbuster. They are getting ready to come out with it. Huh. Now, is this yet, only on Verizon devices, or is this going to be on all devices? It'll probably be on all devices, but yet another source of online video. <laughs> that your ISP is going to scream why are you using so much bandwidth? Yep. I'm more concerned with, I mean, in order for this to work, in order for this to take off, they have to get the right contracts. That is true. Like, we've got Amazon Instant Video. The problem is, most of the things on Amazon Instant Video, I don't really want to watch. Right. But you've got Amazon Instant Video, Netflix, Hulu, Comcast On Demand. Like, at some point, we we have too many things, and some of them need to start merging. But nobody wants to merge, because they want to be the option, the only option. If you start to merge, that means you're basically admitting that you are not the answer. One more time, Andrew. 
the fact that everybody wants to be the one stop. Yep. And if you merge, so you're you're saying that you're not. Well, except if you merge, you become the one stop. But you have to make sure that you come out on top of the merge. Well, yes. I mean, that's part of a merger. Yeah. Laura points out that there's also cable. Yeah. Video on demand stuff. <laughs> no, I mean just cable. Oh. TV. Like how we used to do it before we lived in the future. Well, that's where majority of the people are still watching shows. Granted, they're not getting the um, critical rev- uh, recognition as mm. cable is. Granted, trying to put out 24 shows of one TV, of one show, compared to, let's see, what was the big critical hit this year? Probably something on AMC. Uh, the, the Honey Boo Boo. No, that that is so not a critical hit. <laughs> you want to bet? I'm talking about, like, the Golden Globes. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. No, I don't want to care about movies. I want to look at Golden Globes for TV. Aren't those on tonight? Yes, they actually are at eight. Okay, I'm probably so, gonna miss them because I have to go curling. Well, Ooh, Andy is looking that up. I will point out that Photocracy, the website we talked about like two years ago for social networking exercise, has have, apps have, now. Have Have you been on it? In I I have downloaded the app. <laughs> Are you going to use it? Yes, I'm going to try and use it. I'm going to try and remember to do stuff and and do push-ups and sit-ups. Okay. Granted, I haven't done anything since the marathon in November, but I... um... I mean, I I found I put a pedometer on my phone when I trained the other day. Do you know how much I hate the pedometers? Yeah, Andy, even if you if you kind of lowball it, I probably still walk between 7,000 and 15,000 steps a day at work. What's your stride length? Uh, about a yard. There's no way you walk a yard every I step. I have long legs, Andy, and I walk very quickly. From toe to toe, it's between two and a half and three feet. Mm. You can measure it. Next time I come over there, you come over here. Next time we see each other, you can measure it. We'll go out to a track, have you walk a lap and oh. count. Or we can just put a ruler down. I suppose. So I don't have to walk a quarter mile. <laughs> really, you don't want to walk a quarter mile? Not particularly. That will only give I you the, a large length. Many steps will give you a decent average rather than, you know, just you walking three. Okay, we'll find a track sometime and I'll go walk around the track. Come on, mathematician. You know about something about N. Or is it R? It's N, a sample size. R yes. is the correlation. That's what I was trying to think of. I haven't done stats in a long time. Yeah, I know. Now, don't even try. <laughs> don't even try math. You're not going to win. Amazon Auto Rip. This one was actually interesting. I was meant to post this one, but I think it's really cool. When you buy a CD, yes. like an actual CD from Amazon.com, they throw in the MP3s for free. Which is great, because that's what you normally do when you get a CD, right? First thing you, you do is rip it. Right. Yeah. Well, now... Now Amazon just automatically does that for you. Now the... Oh, okay. So two things, though. One... CDs are more expensive. I haven't even bought a CD in a while, so I don't know. But okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that point. CDs are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, I'm guessing it's only allowed to be played through the Amazon Cloud Player. No. No? No. It's stored in the Amazon Cloud Player, but you can always download those songs. What format are you allowed to download them as? MP3. What's your bit rate for the MP3? Uh, you're going to make me go look that up. God damn, I don't know where that thing downloads to. <laughs> iTunes, um, 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 hang on. Come on, Amazon, let me know. You're not telling me on it. your songs list, am I? No, you're not. Oh. All right, Google, tell me the answer. 
Uh, MPEG layer bitrate two hundred forty-five variable bitrate. Okay, so in variable bitrate, which two forty-five is about a two fifty-six bitrate if you're doing standard. Not bad. Which is just fine. Yeah. Unless you have like professional quality headphones. True. Right. The twenty dollars earbuds that I use, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference. I actually can, and I swear I did a double blind study. Okay. Using my iPod. Okay. To figure it out. Okay. Granted, now I just convert everything down to uh, 128, because most of the stuff I listen to are podcasts, which... Are recorded in... Like, 64. Yeah. See, but my point is, I mean, yes, Andy, if you sit there and listen and focus and study, you can probably pick up the differences, especially if it's the same piece of music. Yeah. Was your double blind all the same piece of music? Yes. Your double blind should be multiple bit rates, multiple songs, randomly played, and have repeats. Oh, so you could have multiple songs that also have yep, so the that, same bit rate. Yep. Well, not just multiple songs with the same bit rate, but have the same song with the same bit rate in there at least more than once. It's like the, the Pepsi and Coke. Can you tell the difference between these two? Oh, I can tell the difference. Well, that's really interesting because they're both Coke. What? When you do a Pepsi versus Coke taste test. Okay. And you do it double blind. Every so often, you want to have in there where it is Coke and Coke. Or, or Pepsi, Pepsi and Pepsi. And Pepsi. Because you want to catch the people who are just guessing but still getting it right. Oh, so try and knock out like a placebo effect. Right. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So anyway... 256K is more than enough for me. I really don't worry about it. Yeah, okay, so that's not too bad. So Amazon's cutting out one of the middlemen of you ripping it yourself. <laughs> Amazon's cutting out the middleman, which is you? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> when I buy discs from Amazon anyway, I buy it in MP3 format. I don't worry about the physical copy. I haven't actually thought about buying a CD in a while. Yep. There's I, a, oh, there's actually one CD I have been thinking about buying. So... I did buy uh, recently, like this week. I got I paid like eight bucks, and I think I got nine hundred songs. What and where? From Amazon, and it's all the like ninety nine best Chopin pieces, sixty best Bach pieces, uh, the mega Beethoven collection for a dollar. That's then, a lot of music. It's an incredible amount of music. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Here we go. This is this is the CD. Well, it's actually a box set that I want to get. It's the Complete Verve Remixed Deluxe Box. Okay. They take classic jazz tunes, you know, like Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone, Sarah Vaughn, Diana Washington, that sort of stuff, Dizzy Gillespie, mm-hmm. and they give them to basically DJs, and the DJs remix, remix the tunes. Them. Nice. So yeah, I I spent probably like nine bucks. I got 608 songs, 2.2 days worth of music. Beethoven, Handel, Strauss, Tchaikovsky, Grieg, Spanish guitar pieces, Dvorak, and that's it. Where am I at currently with my music? It's something ridiculous to know that. I currently have in my iTunes, which is not all of my music, 59 gigabytes of music. I'm just talking about playtime. 29.5 days. <laughs> and again, this is not all my music yet. I'm still in the very, very slow process of moving from my old formats and structure to iTunes, where I'm getting everything tagged and nice and happy. And then I'm going to move it out of iTunes and then move it back into iTunes so the folder structure is proper. Okay. How come iTunes won't tell me what my full library is? I don't know. Did you update it to iTunes 11? Yes. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Damn it. 
Change your view to songs. Do a control A. I am in songs. Do control A. Okay, I've selected all. Is it not at the bottom anymore? It tells you how many you've selected. Oh, hold on. I need to shrink the window down. Anyway, again, while Andy is messing with that, it, Target... No, it doesn't tell me. What the frick? Well, it sucks to be you on, on uh, iTunes 11. Target... <laughs> Remember how Best Buy and Target would match Amazon's price during the holidays? Yeah. Well, Target, Best Buy would match anybody's price during the holidays. Target has now said that they are going to do this permanently. Nice. Target will match Amazon.com's prices because they are tired of people walking into the store, looking at something, testing it out, and then going home and buying it on Amazon. <laughs> I I do that sometimes. Yeah. It's, you know, you use Target as the showroom. But then there's other times where I have to feel like when I got my running shoes, I could have tried out all the shoes. There was actually a guy who was helping me test out my gait and everything with my running shoes. Uh huh. I could have gone, you know, online afterwards and bought them on Amazon. Okay. But I didn't because I wanted to support that business. Yeah. Because they're providing a service beyond well, being a big then box you don't store. Well, ask to match the price. You say, here, I'll pay your full price. And I did. But now you can just say, cool, match this price. Oh, Target. It's almost like the, the faceless giants are facing off against each other now. Except they have no faces because they're faceless. So they're... Giants. Giants not facing off? Standing off? I don't know. Standing off? Adobe. <laughs> this was brilliant. This was ridiculous is what this was. <laughs> this was an Oops. Uh, so Adobe Photoshop 2 has... No, this was all of CS2. Well, all well, of CS2. It had, had activation servers, right? You'd put in yes. the serial number and it would... And you'd put in the code and Adobe would say, yes, this is authentic. Or no, that's not authentic. Well, Adobe is tired of maintaining this activation server. Especially since they're what? CS5 now? Six. Six? Are they up to six? six? I think they're on six. So... But they don't want to screw people who have legitimate copies of Photoshop. So they basically posted, said, look, we are turning off the authentication server. You want, you've got Photoshop. You want to install it on a new machine. It's legitimate. That's fine. Go for it. In fact, here's the download that won't talk to the authentication server. Oops. Here's a download of Adobe Photoshop with a serial code that no, no, doesn't it was, talk to an authentication server. It was all of CS2. Yeah, but, I mean, Photoshop's the only one that people really care about. Um, Adobe Audition 3.0 was in CS2. Oh, okay. Illustrator. Ado yeah, Illustrator. It was all of CS2 that you could have gotten for free if you were quick enough. Um, Andy? Yeah? Have you gone to the site? I thought they had pulled it off because they said this was not actually supposed to how, be how have you were you doing it. Have you gone to the site? <laughs> Last time I went, I thought the page was down. It's because there were thousands and thousands of people trying to get to it. Yes, and it was a mistake. It was. It was a glorious mistake, but it was still a mistake. It was a mistake. a mistake that has not necessarily been corrected. I thought they fixed it, though. Like, Well, I'm looking at the page, and the downloads are still there, as are the serial numbers. Huh. So if you have a legitimate copy of Photoshop or any CS2 product, you can go to this website. Huh. But only if you have a legitimate copy. Right, Andy? Sure. Andy? <laughs> He's like, yes, legitimate. What I activated it over the phone. <laughs> did, you, did you catch that one, how I yeah. activated it over the phone? Oh, yeah, I, I remember those. Yeah. Those uh, phone calls to Adobe to yep. activate Photoshop. Yep. Mm -hmm. I remember placing many of those. Do you, don't you love the on-call or the on-hold music that came with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you, actually, you can get those uh, those on hold musics with Keygen Jukebox. <laughs> it's a website. I think I've talked about it before. I know, which is why I brought it up. Yeah, keygenjukebox.net mm. or .com. Some of that really good, good old uh, on hold music. So Adobe said, no, we made a problem. And they never really fixed it. Huh. Yep. I think I need to get a copy of Photoshop. <laughs> I'm running GIMP right now, which is weird. I like, I learned on CS2. CS2 was just fine. Yeah. It was a good program. You know, it doesn't have like this content aware whatever. Oh, you can get Adobe Premiere Pro 2.0. Andy, <laughs> be nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, the oh yeah. Oh, or ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Because Brian was like, it's not oh yeah. The ooh yeah? Ooh yeah, I think is how ooh, he yeah. said we were supposed to pronounce it. The ooh yeah dev consoles are out. Uh, so there's a game jam being put into progress. And game jams, if for, for those of you who are not familiar, are uh, generally one day to several day events where at the end of the event, the goal is to have a functioning beta for a game. Alpha is fine. Beta is preferable. Hmm. Do you think anything's going to come out of this other than a bunch of betas? I mean, that's the point of a game jam. Super Hexagon was made in a game jam. And it might give people seizures. It's a good game! It makes my head hurt. Yeah, it does that, but Andy's so... <laughs> I, Tetris makes people's head hurt, too, until they get good at it. Uh, DDR made your head hurt until you got a, a good handle on it. Hey! What? On a completely unrelated note, Uh-oh. if you go to the Gizmodo article, yeah? posted January 7th, 2013, Magellan is trying to save GPS units from dying with their new Magellan Smart GPS. Okay. That looks oddly familiar to something that I was beta testing. Oh, cool. How are you getting into all of these betas? I know people. No, you don't. <laughs> Damn it. God, Bullshit, you know people. <laughs> they trusted me with a $200, $250 piece of hardware? Hmm. Sorry. That was just going down the side. I'm like, wait a second. I know that. So the the um, title for this link I actually borrowed from Johnny Nero when I first asked him about this. I was actually in this beta. Uh, Bandcamp. Now, Andy, you have no idea what Bandcamp is, do you? No. So Bandcamp is a website for music artists to promote and sell their music. Okay. Which, if you think about it, at its kind of core level, was MySpace. Yes. Right? MySpace was supposed to be a social network for musicians. Yes. Bandcamp was a similar idea, except they had removed the social network. It was basically, here, go make your own music store to the artist. Like, you can sell your music directly. Okay. And it was kind of cool because you could name your price and you could set minimums and it was, you know, it was this whole kind of uh, crowdfunding mentality of name your price. Well, recently they started working out ways to add in a social network. <laughs> and I actually got invited to the beta for it. In fact, like anyone who has purchased music from Bandcamp was invited to this beta. And you get your own page and you can kind of favorite artists and put the songs that you're listening to and uh, you have a wish list and you can follow other people and see what artists they're listening to. I'm like, wow, this is a brilliant idea. This is fantastic. And man, someone should have done this a long time. Oh. <laughs> and then I asked Johnny. I'm like, because Johnny's on Bandcamp. Let me see if I've got his Johnny Nero 
Action Hero Bandcamp. Yeah, Johnny Nero Action Hero dot Bandcamp dot com is Johnny. Yes. And and so I call me maybe Challenge Mix. Oh dear. Yes. What the hell? Johnny Nero sings Call Me Maybe with a oh chiptune background. Uh download. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna listen to that later. Um, so I, I asked Johnny, I'm like, so Johnny, what do you think about this? They said, oh, my band Space Camp. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is indeed MySpace, just without the whiny Wait, tweens. It's MySpace without Tom. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, it's interesting, and in fact, it's been kind of useful. I've, I've gotten to explore and grow a little bit in music and branch out, and I've kind of listened to some different artists. Chiptunes are fucking amazing, by the way. Yeah, I'm trying to get Johnny back on the show. Okay. I said, if yeah. you want to help with this process, that also would be helpful. Yeah, I, I can I can bug him. Okay. Get him on the show. Gotcha. Uh, what else do we got? We should probably wrap it up soon. Okay. Well, oh, okay. So one, one thing also, a news story about uh, CES. Mm-hmm. So you trust CNET somewhat, right? For reviews and that sort of thing? You, well, not on reviews, no. No. Not usually. Why? Um, okay, so should CNET, I not trust CNET reviews? Um, well, they named the the hopper. You know that thing from Dish that could record all the primetime shows and then let you skip all of the commercials. No, but okay, go on. Okay, so it's a Dish piece of hardware that would record the main four TV stations. I think I think it records most of the primetime TV, and then after a day, lets you watch the shows without any commercials and without you having to manually hit fast forward during the commercials, like on a TiVo. Okay. They named it one of their CES best in shows. Okay. Then CBS got wind of this and they own CNET, so they told CNET to take it down. Oops. Because the major four broadcasters are all um, pissed it. at this because they're like, well, this is going to affect our advertising rates. Granted, it's not because they're not Nielsen families, but anyway, that's a whole other story. Yeah, well, unless it is a Nielsen family that does it, in which case you have a problem. Yes. So CBS made CNET take down their award. <gasps> oh, wow. So now if you go to the finalist page, there's 28 projects, products, and there's also a little note at the bottom that says the dish hopper with sling was removed from consideration due to active litigation involving our parent company, CBS Corp. We will no longer be reviewing products manufactured by companies with which we are in litigation with respect to such product. Whoa. So, yeah. Evil parent company overlords. (laughs) Have you read this month's book yet, by the way? I am a third of the way through. Okay. Because, you know, it's just this whole, never mind. You, you aren't far enough then. I will withhold from what I'm going to say. There's a sequel. You should read the sequel. There's too. actually three books. There's three books? Yes. What's the third book? Uh, give me two seconds. I know Demon and Freedom. Uh, Deedum, Demon, Freedom, and he just put out a third one called Kill Decision. It, that's not a sequel. Oh, it's not? No, that's a different series thing. I just was looking at the books from the author, and so... Yeah, no, Kill Decision is about drones. Oh. And what happens when when drone control gets in the hand of civilians? Well, then, never mind. But anyway, okay. So, should we, um... Oh, we've got to talk about the White House real quick. Okay. The Death Star. So, people Uh, can write petitions. On We the People, the website. On We the People, yes. Someone wrote a petition saying that the United States should build a Death Star. And once you, you can sign other people's petitions. And once a petition reaches 25,000 signatures, 
the, the White, White House, House take a look at it. Yeah, the White House will take a look to it, and I think they're almost required to respond to the petition. No, I mean, they, they said that they will. They aren't required to by anything, but they did say that they will. And so this petition to build a Death Star was responded to by the White House. Let me just quote the title of the response. This isn't the petition response you're looking for. <laughs> Oh, man. It's just, you read this and it's just chock full of things. It's like, even though the United States doesn't have anything that can do the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, we've got two spacecraft leaving the solar system. So, $850 quadrillion. I love it. With a link to a research paper. They didn't pull this number out of their ass. They actually, like, people have done studies as to how much it would cost to build this. Wow, this is great. <laughs> the administration does not support blowing up planets. We do have floating robot assistance on Space Station. President knows the way around a lightsaber. <laughs> what? I love how they also mention Luke's arm. Floating droids, quadruped walkers. Oh. Wow. They really took this and, and made it. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Should look at some of these other petitions. <laughs> they took a silly petition, said no. But, but did in it in s- such a way that was A, respectful, B, comedic, and C, informative. I mean, it's like, hey, look at all the really cool stuff we are doing. Yeah. Oh, come on. The NASA's Commercial Crew and Cargo Program Office, C-3PO. <laughs> is that a real organization? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God, it is. <laughs> oh, C-3PO. That's awful. But awesome. Okay. Wow. Why would we... I love how Barack Obama's Twitter said, why would we spend taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental flaw that could be exploited by a one-man starship? <laughs> That's so good. <sighs> All right. Now, should we go to the... Yeah, now we can hit the random review. It's my week. Yep. Uh, I bought this game a long time ago. And I finally got around to playing it. It's called Demolition Inc. I swear this used to be uh, a game on the Dreamcast. It might have been. Go look it up. Well, it's not showing up on the thing, so I don't know. Okay. Well, then it's not. Um, but it is, you are, are this alien who's trying to destroy the world in order to repopulate it with trees. <laughs> So your goal is to knock down the cities. Uh, You do this basically by causing accidents. So you get things like oil slicks and sticky pads that you can put down on the road, which causes cars to crash into buildings and the buildings fall down. So this is almost like burnout crash. Yep. You also have things like exploding cows. Well, then. And other, like, I haven't gotten far enough to get most of them. I've only unlocked some of the abilities. The Earthquake Bomb. It's interesting. It's a dicky little puzzle game, and it's overpriced. It's two bucks. Is it only two bucks now? Yeah. Oh, well, that's not overpriced anymore. For two bucks, yeah, that's not bad. It's kind of cool. It's a little puzzle game that you don't realize is a puzzle game. It's not compatible with my phone. No, it is not compatible with your phone. It is a PC game. Why would it be compatible with your phone? Why would you even think that it's compatible with your phone? Because it's on the Google Play Store. Demolition Inc.? Yes. Oh, I'm doing the one on Steam. Oh, Demolition Inc. on Steam. There we go. It's the third one down. (laughs) The first two are for Google Play. How much is it on Steam, Andy? Uh, 10 bucks? Jesus. There we go. (laughs) 
Okay, that seems a little high. Games. No, it, it, it looks exactly the same. Looks exactly the same? Yeah. Okay. There is a free demo, though, on Steam that you can try and see if it's something that you like and if you think it's worth $10. Do you think it's worth $10? I don't think it's worth $10. But then I didn't buy the game when it was $10. Wow, it is the same game. How is that only 2 bucks on well, those fuckers? <laughs> Maybe there's more in the PC version. I don't know. It says six worlds on the Android version. I don't know how many there 30 are. 30 cities? How much are how many I have is there? no idea. Well, Dave, you're not informative at all. I am not. Three cities and 15 districts on the Steam version. The Android yeah. version said six and 30. Wow. So go do it on the Android version. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow. Oh, there's the, the one version is the Tigra version. Speaking of Tigra. It's the THC one? Yeah. This app is compatible with all of your devices. Ha ha ha. Wait, War Games. Whopper. Don't. Don't. Don't? I don't know what it is, but I'm guessing it's not good. Shall we play a game? It's officially licensed, Andy. <laughs> officially licensed. Uh... It's a five star with 358 people voting on that. It's four and a half stars with 437 total votes. I have moved on, and I'm now installing the demo of World of Goo to try that out on my okay. phone. That is a good game. That is a good game. That's a game we know is good. That is a very good game. Uh, a random topic. <laughs> Since we're both like, mmm, demolitioning. Yeah, man. Moving on. $2, get it on Steam. Yeah. Like, don't, don't get it on Steam. <laughs> get it on Android. $2 versus 10 bucks. Okay, random topic. When was the last time you read a newspaper? Um, that depends. A, uh-huh. I, okay, so, so again, we, we need to kind of set some guidelines for answering the question, right? I assume we're talking about a physical newspaper. That's what my guess is, according to this random topic. NewYorkTimes.com does not count. No. Okay. Are we looking at, and I will ask you to decide this. Okay. Are we looking at an article or the entire paper? Oh, even if I got the entire paper, I wouldn't read it all. Right. So I, I think maybe an article or a section. Yes, that would seem more appropriate. Okay. Then last week. We'll also assume, by the way, that puzzles, comics, and like the crossword don't count. No. My okay, guess is like, when did you pick up a physical paper to read an article in the paper? Um, does the onion count? No, it's not a physical paper. What do you mean it's not a physical paper? Does the onion actually print out a physical... Yes! Really? Yes! I thought they were just a website. No! The onion is a physical paper, Andy. Printed in Madison. Really? Yes! I did not know that. Oh, it's an entertainment newspaper and website. Oh, really? You, did you think the onion was just the website? Yeah. Oh, it's the it's just been around for a much longer time than the web. Oh, you can get it for free in Ann Arbor. Yes. Mm. Just like the Michigan Daily. And the Tri was it the Tri Weekly? Mm-hmm. The Every Three Weekly. Every Three Weekly. That's what it was called. Oh, the Every Three Weekly. So if if the onion counts, then like two days ago, I picked up a paper to read an article. If the onion doesn't count, it was sometime last week I picked up a New York Times and read an article. Mine was Thanksgiving. Okay. Because there was also the uh, Black Friday ads that were out there, but Mom had, it was like the container of the Black Friday ads, and I saw a news article story, and I'm like, oh, that seems interesting, so I read it. <laughs> Before that, I have no frickin' idea the last time I read an actual newspaper article. Yeah, a long time ago, for you. Yes. I actually do read them every so often. Kalamazoo, the Kalamazoo Gazette is still actually getting print- printed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're down to, I think. They're down to about three times a week, maybe. Oh. Or is it still published seven days a week? Oh, it's still published just seven days a week, but only ho- for available for home delivery Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. 
the other day you have to just go and pick it up yourself. I guess so. Oh, uh, the okay. newspaper. Yep. So how long do you think before the New York Times disappears? I don't know. That's a really tough question. Like, I, I couldn't even begin to guess. Wasn't there some video that we talked about a long time ago that was like the history of the internet, but it was done from the future? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, let's see if I can get enough Google foo to get it. No, I don't spell New York with a U. Well, evidently you do. <laughs> All right, Andy. Andy. Hold on. Where? Andy. I think it's, I think it's time for us to... Uh, Epic 2014. End. There we go. It's a Flash movie that was created on November 2004. I think it's time for us to call it an end, Andy. I wonder if they've ever updated it or not. Yeah, but Epic 20... Uh, oh, this is Epic 2015. I wonder when that came out. Anyway, so you think we're done? I think it's time to call it an end. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.